right, here we are. We are recording. This has been a long time coming. This is the third episode of On Time with Anthony Locke. So I was calculating it, and it has been since last June that I did a podcast. And actually, one of my guests on the show today is was actually in the last podcast with me. His name's Carlos, and I'll let him and the other guest, Aaron, both introduce themselves here in a sec. But a few updates from, from me would be that I have not done this for a little bit. I've been very excited about doing this, but because of school, I had to put my podcast on hold. And this episode, we're going to be talking about something that's very serious. Um, the dangers of pornography. You know, pornography is just, it's become very rampant, especially given COVID-19 or as some people call it coronavirus. And this is something that I felt very strongly for four months that needed to be addressed and talked about. And full disclosure, before we begin and before Aaron and Carlos introduce themselves, we do not, rep we do, these are our own opinions and you will hear throughout this podcast that we will be referencing organizations like the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Fight the New Drug, and so many others, but we are not representatives in a matter of speaking for that. Like, you know, we, our opinions are our opinions. They are not to be taken as the opinions of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or other organizations that we mention. So without further ado, let's have you guys introduce yourselves. Aaron, go ahead. Uh, my name is Aaron. I uh, have been a friend of Tony for a long time. Uh, I just uh, have a lot of my own personal feelings about the dangers of this, and I'm excited to kind of tackle this and be able to get this out there. Carlos? My name's Carlos. If you guys remember me from Tony's last podcast of uh, his health and fitness thing, um, I just have some information about this and he asked me to join. I've known Tony for a good while after I came home from my mission. And what a great road it's been, right, Carlos? All the sarcastic responses and everything. And I'm sure that Aaron could attest <laughs> to that as well. That is also very true. <laughs> <laughs> so the first part of this that we wanted to talk about is we're gonna talk about some negative aspects, but my goal with this podcast episode is to really give people who are listening to this encouragement to know that if they are viewing pornography or if they have come across it or if they know a family member, friend or a loved one, that they're not, they don't have to be addicted for the rest of their life. They, they can overcome this. They can reprogram their brain. They can just be at peace and be how they want to be. So the first thing I wanted to mention was that, you know, pornography has become such an epidemic in our society. You know, as I mentioned in the introduction a few minutes ago, it is, it's especially become an epidemic because of COVID-19. People are at home longer and they have access to the internet because all they have to do is watch TV, be on the internet, especially if you're working from home. And so those thoughts start going through your head. And so the first question I wanted to, to ask would be kind of directed toward Aaron. Aaron, what do you think about when you hear the, the term or the stance of the dangers of pornography? That's a, there's a lot that is coming along with the 
um, staying at home and working from home and the dangers of pornography because it is pretty readily accessible through just about everything. It can be accessed through uh, your phone. It can be accessed through Instagram, social media. It's quite a rampant thing because it's not just affecting like one or two people either. It's uh, like every other person overall has actually had some sort of encounter with pornography so of course the dangers of it there's there's a lot that can be attested to when it comes to like medical problems uh psychological problems emotional problems and the sort there's a lot of things exactly carlos what do you think about what comes to your mind when you think about the dangers of pornography um well with the dangers of pornography i think most people don't realize that it can just it can come i mean a lot of the i think happens now is just when people feel lonely um and they're just they're bored um loneliness especially in this covid19 time where a lot of people are kind of just scared to go out on dates and meet people um and they kind of feel hopeless and lost and so since they're feeling that way they just they don't even want to uh, I don't know they try to find a quick fix yeah um, and in in the end typically when you fall into it depending on how you grew up and how um, you view at it usually it ends in guilt and remorse from other people um, and I'm trying to think of like how other people could fall into it, but it, it's just super dangerous just because just like how Aaron touched on, there can be so many problems and issues and uh, erectile dysfunction is a known health issue that comes along from it. Um, psychologically, there can be um, some sort of disconnect. There can be anxiety that develops. There can be problems of self self-worth and then just when you start disconnecting from other people after doing it a couple of times, you just keep going back to it over and over and over again. Um, and one of the things that I think our brain, something that I learned in, in biopsychology was that our brain finds things to help us cope through life. It will make neuronal connection connections in our brain. And one of them is if, if it helps us kind of feel a sense of relief or it releases some of those hormones that kind of make it feel like a drug um, into our brain, um, it will make that connection really quick. And pornography, just like cocaine or, or heroin is for any drug addict, the same way pornography is with anybody who becomes and, and gets to it. Yeah. Um, and it's how they kind of just, um, it's how they get so addicted really quick and it's why they need a quick fix. And so it makes them feel good for a little bit. And then they realize after the high has gone down and that's why the guilt sometimes kicks in, but sometimes people get addicted to that high and then just, they need it all the time. Exactly. They don't see what's wrong with it anymore. 
exactly. You know, when I think about the dangers of pornography, I, I think about how I remember when I was in uh, in church when I was like 16, we had some church leaders um, for our young men's organization, you know, um, who these are people, mentors, for those who don't understand what I mean, um, people who want, who try to teach us what's right and what's wrong. And one of the mentors we had, he had mentioned one Sunday at church and he had said, you know, we feel so bad for you guys because when we were kids in the 70s and 80s, pornography was hard to access. You had to be a certain age, you had to go to a gas station, you had to show ID. And they said, but nowadays you guys have it right at your fingertips. And, and that was true because I, you know, you type in one word, one wrong word and it could come up. But I feel like nowadays, as you know, we are all adults now. I feel like the youth now have even more access to pornography, especially because of, you know, smartphones and, social media, as Aaron mentioned, and so many other aspects. And that's what really comes to mind with me. I remember reading an article. Uh, it was in the local Davis Standard Examiner. It was like four or five years ago, maybe longer. And it was talking, talking about how high schoolers were having a problem where they're sending naked selfies to each other. And then, they, then those pictures of those individuals would be sent to other people in the high school and it's just started becoming a problem and the sheriff the davis county sheriff that was interviewed he it was either the davis county sheriff or a high patrolman he said i don't think that they realize that they are actually and they actually are holding child pornography at that point when they are have when they're saving those photos on their phones and on their tablets and other devices and so they were doing all that they can to stop that from happening so the other thing about that too that i think is quite interesting as well is that it is almost as if it's designed to be hidden as well because as we all know um, there's always some sort of incognito mode that you can go into on your devices so people can't look up what what websites you're on and stuff like that and i just always wondered what an interesting idea to put that into your phone as a tool or a mechanism to be able to use it's because we all know pretty much anyone who is going into incognito mode is not going to be looking up a recipe for alfredo linguini probably not (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just one of those features that is almost seeming like like it's only built in for those to view pornography yeah um, I, you know, I think about how I was, this happened a few years ago, I was online and I, uh, had come across an article or something. There was a student at a college. I don't know which university it was, but he was in the middle of class and he was viewing porn and he accidentally pulled out his earbuds and everybody heard what he was watching. And he was so embarrassed, he hurried and slammed his MacBook down and just bolted out of the classroom. And I think that's, that's the scariest part about it is because, number one, pornography is wrong. It has never been right, and it will never be right. Number two, like it just 
it, it takes such hold of the viewer or the person that's viewing it that it becomes that everything else around in their lives kind of has to rotate around it, its schedule. And so that those are things that I think about when I think about the dangers of pornography. I think uh, if you don't mind, one thing that really kind of upsets me most about the whole pornography thing is the unrealistic standards that it brings out for just a healthy relationship in the first place. Because a lot of people will just assume what they see in these videos and what's going on in you know these films is what people are going to be doing and that that's the natural way of you know adult relationships inside of marriages and amongst each other and that what they do in those is very much not <laughs> it's yeah. far from that and it's actually quite dangerous and pretty disgusting actually it is and i think that you know kind of going along with that i feel like so much that there's there's so much that is misconstrued by people viewing pornography you know because everyone knows that it's natural to be attracted to the opposite sex like you know it's natural for guys to be attracted to women it's natural for women to be attracted to guys and with those attractions you know it comes those curiosities those um urges but you know especially in the LDS church, they teach us to control those urges. They teach, uh, and in any, in any religion, honestly, they teach you to control these urges and to keep them contained. And I think, you know, I, I saw when I put this out there and I was asking other people who I knew, whether it be family members, coworkers, or just people I knew in general, I asked them like, you know, what comes to your mind when it, when you think about the dangers of pornography, I had an extended family member reach out to me and I just wanted to share what they said real quick. Um, they said, responding to your story, um, they said, pornography turns men into, into wimps, um, which in some cases it can turn people into, into wimps because it ruins your self-confidence. And I'm not saying that saying like, you know, you're a coward. I'm saying that because it, it ruins self-confidence when you, view pornography um but she continues to go on and she said i think it warps what should be desirable some men would rather look at a girl in a porno than they would at their wife and you know she's she kind of goes on a little bit more than that but it kind of brings to light that i was on a i was talking to a girl this is some year like five six years ago and she was saying that this girl was saying that she had been married before and that her husband was viewing porn right in front of her. And obviously that's a, wow. that's, that's, that's pretty bold. And that, that's bold. And this girl, she felt very betrayed and she, she kind of felt like, you know, what am I not good enough for you? And I, I feel like um, that seems to be the, the underlying concept is that so many, they go, you know, Aaron, you touched on this, that, you know, so many people believe that what happens in those videos is what happens in the bedroom, yes. which obviously that's more than half of that stuff is stuff that probably does not happen in the bedroom. No, and, definitely not. And I think that because of that, so many people, they decide, well, especially whether it be you're a guy or a girl, you have a tendency to like, once you've been viewing porn, that 
you want to establish dominance over the opposite sex. Like, well, they should do this for me because I'm this person and I have these expectations now. And it's, it's just kind of, it's kind of, it's been, it's really sad. And I, you know, and that's not to say that if you're viewing porn, that you're a bad person. No, definitely not. Um, you know, honestly, I, I feel like it's just something that has become quite the problem in our society today. And so many people just don't understand how much of a problem that is. And go ahead. Were you about to say something here? I was just about to say, on top of it all, too, I just feel like that one thing that ends up happening with a lot of people's psyche is because they view, view pornography and then they start to get ensconced in it. They get this feeling of just like, oh, well, it happens. What are you going to do? And they kind of get this hopeless nature about them and that they just kind of, that's their justification. It's like, well, I can't get in a relationship or, well, my partner doesn't want to do this. So I, it just everyone else does it. it. It doesn't even, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a hopeless thing, you know? And it's, that's really not it and especially if like you're feeling hopeless because maybe you can't get into a relationship maybe you're just not finding the right people you're not clicking it doesn't mean that like you're stuck being alone and so like that's the only way that you can get any sort of like physical enamorations yeah if that makes sense exactly carlos what are your thoughts on that um no, it's just it's just good listening to to all this stuff. Um, I honestly believe that, yeah. Just, I mean, that story of what you said um, of that person watching pornography in front of his wife—that is, that is crazy. But I, I think one of the things that you that people when they start looking at pornography um, and they start getting into it, they they lose a sense of reality. Um, they start losing a sense of, of what is real. They start, kind of don't realize they don't realize what's in front of them or what's around them anymore. Um, they don't value what's around them anymore. They become so dependent on that to make them feel good, to make them feel normal. Sometimes that they just they 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 don't have that sense of reality anymore. And I think. That is that is one of the dangers right there. You, it's just like any drug. You can lose anything and everything from it. Um, and it's sad because uh, what Aaron was pointing out that some people are like, "Oh, everybody does it." It's it, it's a sad truth because I've heard friends say that all the time. It's how um, they got introduced to me when I was in junior high. Friends all the time tried to show it to me kids that I thought were my friends all the time and they were saying it's normal it's fine I'm like no it's not no no it isn't but they try to make it normal and and honestly the, the reality changes they don't look at women as who who they're supposed to be as beautiful women of God um, beautiful queens I, I consider them princesses or queens or majestic beings whatever you want to call them but um but they don't look at them that way they look at them as, as a piece of meat exactly and it's because that's what they're taught 
when they when they look at that you use the women and that's that's a sad truth from, from pornography is that you look at them and you use them and it should not be the case because there's no emotional ties there's no real true intimacy exactly and i think that's the problem with it is that so many decide that they um just they feel like that they deserve that that so entitled the entitlement issue exactly they you know they have so many problems that they they just sorry i I lost my train of thought there for a sec (laughs) this the serious part about this is that they start viewing the opposite sex as objects of their own desire and i feel like so many just had that problem i remember having i was going through and watching us i was reading an article of a nonprofit organization called voices for virtue on facebook and they had received a letter from a young man who was 17 he was from back east and he had said you know pornography is not bad for you it's actually good for you you know he was trying to justify this and he just didn't understand and i and i felt terrible for him because he had these problems that he really just didn't understand the harmful effects of it and it makes me sad absolutely i actually have a coworker who is of the same mindset in fact he on top of it is someone who actually teaches like physical education you know kind of like sex ed and he'll say something very similar to that he'll go a lot a lot of the times against the science and say that you know oh like viewing pornography and masturbation isn't bad for you whereas in fact we know that it has a horrific horrific damage that it causes to the brain Mm -hmm. well i think that's the problem is that people they're only worried about the now they're only worried about you know what's in it for me and and they they want to they they're all about themselves and that's what pornography does is it it makes you selfish it does absolutely carlos again, go ahead oh sorry i was just gonna say and like the thing that really kind of drives me insane about it is, is it's a lot like it's kind of like a how tinder will sometimes affect people where it's just like if this person's not going to give it to me I'll just move on to the next one. And they just keep doing that until they realize that there's nothing left. Yeah. And I think that's definitely the problem I've come to find. Disposable. It's like it becomes disposable. Um, Carlos, what are your thoughts on that? Repeat the, repeat the topic again. Like, so we were talking about how, how selfish people are and why so many just don't seem to care because they they kind of feel like they are objectifying them they don't want to objectify themselves they 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 feel entitled is what i'm saying okay honestly i think it just it's a mindset um with certain people Mm -hmm. like the entitlement usually comes from 
it, it, it can depend on the temperament of each person mm-hmm. because there's there's even people who I think who I mean pornography isn't even a problem for some people but they're still entitled for they they need and want um, I think it's just them not learning to bridle their their passions or even the natural instincts that we receive exactly when we, when we hit our prime our natural instincts are to I mean survive feed um reproduce etc but mm-hmm. and i mean those urges those hormones rage in your prime from like 18 to 30 around there and even a little further too but like it, they just they rage and sometimes if somebody doesn't learn to have control or take control and realize you know women are not objects you know, I can't just come in here and just be like, oh, I'm going to go have a one night stand or or I'm going to have a, a Nikmo. Or I'm just going to come in, meet this girl, talk to her for like a couple weeks, make out with her and then just drop her just because I wanted to kiss. And that's pretty much just objectifying the woman just to get what you want. And that's how relationships relationships are not like that at all. Or when even say- love is not like that at all. Where instead of looking at the women and just being like, what can I get from them? What can I get from them? It's what can I get, but also give at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just the instinct of like, what can I do? What can I do? And sometimes if people can't get it, younger people, this younger generation kind of get frustrated that they're not getting it right away. So what, what's the instant gratification? Because that's how, that's how society is now. What's the instant gratification? How can you get money now? How can you get this gratification right now? And so sometimes people just go into it and they just believe they deserve everything like that. Okay. One sec, Carlos, I'm going to pause this just for a sec. Hang on. All right, we had to take a little bit of an intermission, but we are back. And before we get onto the positive, because that's really what I wanted to focus on was the positive. I wanted to relay a few experiences. These are people that either I've, I know personally, or people I've talked to have talked to me about what they feel about, how they feel about pornography. And the first person that I wanted to talk about is one of my dear friends. Um, I as hesitant as much as I want to say her name, I'm hesitant in saying her name because I do not want people to try to track her down. But she, um, I first became friends with this individual when she was a senior in high school and we were both working at a, at a grocery store in Kaysville, Utah. And she was dating someone else who was working with us. And this other individual, cause, and she was a bagger and this other guy that she was dating was a bagger as well. He was supposedly a good Christian boy. Um, he was supposedly a good member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And again, we don't speak for the church. We don't, you know, these are just our beliefs. But he was supposedly a good Christian guy, but he kept trying to pressure her for sex. He pressured her so much that she got so sick of it that she broke up with him because she kept standing her ground saying that she would not do that until she was married. And every guy since has, 
exactly right um and every guy that she has dated since i feel like has had one goal in mind and that was to get her into bed you know whether it be you know she told me that she has had guys wanting her to send them naked selfies of her with wearing nothing on her upper torso to full body images of her being completely naked and she has said to every single one of them i do not do this that is just wrong but i wanted to quote something that she said before we continue on because she said something very good and i was very impressed by it because she's gone through so much political strife with it she said it becomes an addiction and it's hard to overcome and it can't sorry and it excuse me and it can ruin relationships and it can and she then she goes on she says and i guess sexually you'll never know you'll and i guess sexually you'll never be pleased because you'll want you'll always want something more and i feel like that is one of the main problems with pornography is that even if you're you know a lot of people they talk about how if you're married, oh, you're going to stop. You're going to, you know, you, you, won't, you won't view porn anymore. You won't have this problem that you'll, you'll be loyal and faithful to your spouse. But in a lot of scenarios, that's just not the case. Um, years ago, I was at a priesthood session for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints during the general conferences that we have every six months. And Gordon B. Hinckley, who was the leader of the church at the time, he had stood up and he, he gave a speech and he talked about how there was a, a gentleman who on his deathbed had admitted to his wife that he had had an addiction to, to, to pornography for 20 plus years and how he regretted it and how he regretted not telling her. And so the, it was his wife that actually wrote this letter to President Hinckley and you could just hear the heartbreak in President Inkley's voice when he spoke of that experience that he, where he read from that dear, sweet lady. And honestly, when it comes down to pornography, that's what pornography does is it ruins relationships. It ruins the individual and themselves. Before I give us a second example, Aaron and Carlos, what do you guys think of that? Yeah, I think that's absolutely heartbreaking. I feel like that even if you have problems with that, it should be something that should be openly discussed. If there's something that needs to be addressed about it, then you work through it together. It's not, that's kind of part of the whole thing about being selfish. Like he was being selfish with that because if he had not been selfish they probably wouldn't been able to resolve that and they probably would have been able to he would have probably been able to have been a lot happier and i mean so she so would she but the first rule of most relationships i think for me personally is i just think that there's no secrets you know you got to be open as open as possible otherwise something could be misconstrued carlos I I agree with Aaron. It's it's such a sad story because like I've seen I've seen a lot of just marriages and relationships end because of pornography and, and the thing is whoever your significant other is, even if that's in marriage or boyfriend, girlfriend, um, 
it, there needs to be respect and, and, and whoever you're with um, should be your, your best friend, your confidant. And as your confidant, you should be able to talk about whatever with each other, including the stuff that you're super insecure about. Um, and that's, that's just heartbreaking, I bet, for her to know that her husband held on to that. I didn't trust her enough to tell her that he was struggling with something like that. Even if, if he believed he was struggling with it or not. Um, and even with like your, your friend, um, it's just sad to see young men treating young women like that. Um, and knowing that instead of making a relationship where there's a lot of compromise, where they talk and, and communicate and try to figure things out to the point where they can figure out to get married and get to that point of, of reproducing. Um, they don't hold back um, on those passions. They want it now. They want the instant gratification, how I talked about before. And, and that's, to me, that's, that's a little sad and I, I feel bad, you know, for, for young women who go through that. You know, and going back before I read this last example, which is probably going to transition to the positive side of this. So to any listeners out there, I promise the positive side is coming. I promise it's coming. We're not going to just dwell on the negative, but that friend of mine, she came up to me. It was in the summer of 2015. We were working and she was seeking some advice for me. And she asked, she, she relayed an experience. I won't get into the, into the, the details of the experience of the guy that she was dating. It was a different guy after that last one. And I, I asked her a question, a very personal question. And when I asked her the question and she gave me the, the answer and it, it was basically about how he, her boyfriend at the time had sexually assaulted her. And he had, he had done something inappropriate, inappropriately. And I said, did he do that to you? And she said, yes, he did. And I said that you need to then you need to break up with him immediately. You can't tolerate that stuff. And that proves, and that kind of that kind of made me realize that this guy was probably viewing pornography because, you know, we don't get taught that as a kid, like saying like, especially by our parents saying like, oh well, it's okay to go touch a member of the opposite sex like that. You know, we we're we're taught not to do that. We're taught. Yeah to respect people. But the second, but this next example I wanted to talk to you about comes from a dating, an LDS dating ex- expert. Her name is Liv. She lives in Washington, DC area. And I reached out to her and I asked her what she thought when she heard of the, what, well, what comes to mind when she thinks of the dangers of pornography. So I'm just going to read what she said. Um, so just bear with me on this. She said, when I think of when I think, she said, well, I think pornography is very complicated and not well understood. The industry itself causes harm to most people involved, both peddling and driving human trafficking and can have devastating effects on those who regularly consume it. But a note to those who watch it, we as a society need to be better. We need to better understand why it's being used. We need to stop the shame associated with it and we need to seek to learn the triggers that compel users to turn to it as a release. She continues on and she says, 
it's debated whether one can actually be addicted to watching pornography. And I tend to believe that the person or people are instead addicted to the release that porn gives them rather than the actual watching. So for me, when I am told someone struggles with a regular habit of watching pornography, I ask, why are you in such a desperate need to find an escape? What healing needs to be done? And are there other options that can provide the same comfort, alleviation that are constructive? And so I feel like that kind of transitions into the hopeful side of this. So to the viewers who are listening, or I should say to the listeners who are listening to this, there is hope. I, I, I cannot stress that enough. There is always hope. I, it breaks my heart when I hear of people saying, well, I'm addicted to porn. I guess I'm just going to be addicted for the rest of my life. You know, or when it's a family member or a friend or even a, a loved one of someone who is addicted and they're like, well, they're addicted to porn. And I guess it's just how they're going to be for the rest of their lives. There's nothing you can do about it. It breaks my heart to know that they are just in that defeatist attitude. And so what I wanted to do is turn the time over to both Aaron and Carlson and get their opinion on this attitude as well. Well, there's, so before I, I jump into that, um, there is one thing how you're talking about how, uh, um, your friend, how one, one of the guys was possibly looking at pornography. And that's one thing. Sometimes we don't know if they are um, because sometimes, I mean, porn is a huge problem and it, and it can be attributed and linked back to a lot of problems for a lot of people. But there's also, I think there, there can be other things that can be problems too. I think it can be influence of family members or friends um, like if somebody hasn't been, um, I mean, they probably been shown it, but it hasn't even made that neuronal connection yet. Um, where sometimes family members, like how you were saying, Tony, um, the parents show us to respect certain girls. Sometimes parents aren't even there to, to teach the, their children about it. Exactly. And so the kids are trying to figure out on their own and they're going off of just their hormones or even like family members, um, cousins telling other people, oh, it's okay if you look at women while they run. It's okay if you look at women while they're exercising and lifting. It's okay if you look at, at a certain body part. Um, and sometimes it can be family. Sometimes it can be friends. Sometimes it can be friends. Like for me in junior high, I've had friends. Um, who have tried to tell me, hey, go grab that girl's butt before. And and sometimes that just, it, it, it's, it's all around. And sometimes it's not even the influence of pornography. Sometimes it's just people you're around as well, too. Well, and I think that kind of go, it reminds me of something I did want to mention that was when I was working, I, I was working at an auto shop over in Kaysville, Utah, and at the time, I only worked there for a month because I realized that I was just not cut out for the auto industry. Like I was not a, I was not an auto mechanic. I just, I didn't do well. But there was one day when I, when I walked into the break room and a little backstory is that, you know, in a lot of auto shops, there's a lot of shop talk where the technicians talk inappropriately. They, they speak inappropriately, especially towards women. They degrade them. And I walked into the break room one day for lunch 
my boss and two other technicians were at the break room table and I asked them like, what are you guys watching? And they're like, Oh, you wouldn't want to watch this. And I immediately knew exactly what they were watching because they knew that I was very religious and that I was majorly against pornography. And I knew right away that they were viewing porn. And I think that that's one of the problems is that kids are not taught soon enough, in my opinion. I feel like we as a society need to teach children, the birds and the bees, a lot sooner than we were taught. I mean, I remember having the talk with my mom. And as awkward as it was, I had the talk. But I feel like kids in today's society need to be taught the birds and the bees earlier than we were taught. Because especially with the pandemic, a lot of children are doing their homework and their classrooms online. And so it's a great place to, well, it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous place for them to come across pornography, to stumble on it. Even if they're not looking for it, they can still stumble upon it if they're trying to find something for a presentation. So Aaron, I wanted to get your opinion on that. Kind of like the dangers of it or just, well, what, just like, like the hopeful part of the thing. <laughs> the hopeful part. Okay. I'm trying to transition over now. Yeah. So as it comes with everything, if you just take proper precautions, there is a way to get out of, I feel like it's just about any addiction there is in the world. Some are going to be tougher than others and especially depending on how addicted you are. But there is always um, light at the end of the tunnel. There is always the, even if you feel completely buried and completely underground, there is going to be light. If you keep crawling and you keep digging for that way out, You, it is absolutely possible to be able to break that. It's not an impossible feat. It will be hard. And, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I kind of feel like that a lot of times with addiction as well, that a lot of times it's kind of like, I like to use the, the Coke machine example. A lot of times, like, you want to just go over and tip the Coke machine over. You can't push it over in one try. You have to kind of like rock it back and forth before it finally tips over. And it's the same thing with addiction. It's not going to be just a one-time bing, bang, boom. It's not just cold turkey. You're going to be able to just not have any symptoms and not be able to just have any struggles or any more addiction or triggers or whatever it is but it's kind of if you keep working at it and you keep digging through that underground tunnel you will see the light you will be able to understand that there is a life a very hopeful life at that after your addiction to pornography i agree carlos Well, there's a lot that I agreed with with Aaron right there. Just how he was saying it's, I really like the Coke machine analogy. Um, Just because like people, like if you're, if you're into this, it's fine. If you slip up, just, you know, try your best. It's, it's, it's not, Oh, I failed. I'm a failure. It's, you fell down. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to lay there and accept it? Or are you going to stand up, dust yourself off, and keep trying? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and just like with any addiction, you have to wean yourself off of it. Exactly. You've made a super strong neural connection. You have to find some way to wean yourself off of it to where the neuronal connection weakens, breaks, and then you find another way to make a, a different neuronal connection. Just like how the dating coach told you to make some sort of um, positive or constructive um, thing for you to do. For example, going to the gym. Um, another thing is finding a hobby, something that kind of helps you de-stress. So if, you're, if, if, if stress is your trigger, finding ways to de-stress, meditation, picking up an instrument, learning something, um, socializing, even though it's hard with this COVID time. Um, if loneliness triggers you, go out and figure something out. Go out for a walk. Um, do something. Um, if I'm trying to think of what other triggers people have mentioned, um, loneliness, stress, anxiety, anger, depression. There's so many things that can be triggers, but you find different things. Um, sometimes triggers can be as soon as you wake up, what do you do? Get up and just get ready for the day. Go get some breakfast. Um, if you're religious, read your scriptures, get on your knees and pray, figure something out, do something. Cause I think that's when it hits is when we're stagnant and we're feeling low. I completely agree with that. I feel like, you know, I talked with a customer about this. Uh, well, yeah, it was a customer I talked with at my, at my job uh, about this. And he said, uh, his first thing is I like, well, don't get into it, but you know, it's easier said than done. But he said, he's like, when you think about pornography, you think about how people are very discreet about it. They usually go in another room. They usually block, they usually cut themselves off from other people. And I think like, if you're being tempted, like let's say if you're watching TV and you're in your room watching TV and you're being tempted, get out of there and go talk with like one of your parents or your brother or one of your siblings or take If you have a dog, take your dog for a walk. If you, you know, do something, but there is a book that I wanted to talk about that I would strongly suggest any user or listener to read. And that would, that book is called the worth of a soul. And it is a religious book. And, but it, it gives a personal perspective of a young man who had an addiction to pornography to the point where he almost lost his marriage. And that's the, and he talks about how, you know, in this book, you get his account of things, but you also get his wife's account of things. It's by Stephen A. Kramer and Laurel A. and Laurel Kramer, excuse me, Stephen and Laurel Kramer. And it's called The Worth of the Soul. I would strongly recommend that anyone who's struggling with pornography to find this, you can find it on the internet. If you're at a bookstore and you've, you know, I would try to find it there as well. But I do wanted to talk about something that's part of the hopeful process. And that is that, you know, and this dating counselor that I got that response from earlier that I read, she mentioned this, but we as a society need to stop the shaming. You know, I asked the question to many coworkers, friends, and family in the past couple of weeks in preparing for this podcast. 
if someone that you know, whether it be a family member, friend, loved one, some, whoever it was, came up to you and said, hey, I'm struggling with, porno- with an addiction to pornography, would you be quick to shame them and criticize and feel betrayed and just start yelling at them? Or would you say, okay, how can I help? How can we overcome this? And I feel like more than half of the people that I talked to chose the latter, the how can I help scenario? Because, you know, I've, when I think about pornography, I kind of compare it to, and the topic of pornography, I compare it to mental health. Because I remember back in the early 2000s, people didn't want to talk about mental health. If you had depression, they just kind of sent you you off on your way and they didn't really want to talk to you. But now as a society, as we've seen more of depression and anxiety and other mental health related scenarios come about, people are more willing to talk and help you. And I feel like that's where, that's the approach that we need to get to when it comes to helping someone overcome pornography. I feel like we need to get to the part where we aren't shaming people, that we are helping people and to know that there is hope and that there is light at the, at the end of the tunnel, like Aaron mentioned. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. There is absolutely kind of this feeling of just no matter what, I have a, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of bounce around here for a second. So one of my best friends, he's been with me through some of the most difficult pieces of my life, just been there when no one else could be. And I found out that this particular person had some serious struggles with, you know, addiction to pornography. And the interesting thing about it is, is that he's really kind of stepped up and decided to just take it head on and he is very very open about how he has had that addiction and he is very open to talking to anybody who um has had the problem and he's more always more than willing more than willing to help out and give advice and like he would always give examples and uh tried and true things that he would do to help combat his own problems when it came to you know his own personal addiction and being able to figure ways out to make sure that it doesn't happen in the same fashion or have the same effect on him as it did last time he's it's i find that rather interesting because a lot of times like you were mentioning that a lot of people just want to immediately shun it and put it into the closet and be like oh it's not that big of a deal i'm going incognito with this but he was more just yeah this is how it was if you have a problem i don't care if it's two o'clock in the morning i want you to call me and i know that he has helped out a lot of people through that process and so of course you want to be sensitive to the subject but also at the same time being able to be available to people especially when you have both gone through it and be able to walk through what you know the problem is it's so much easier to do it with like you're saying a friend or a family member to be able to just get through it as long as you just aren't being shamed and you're not being like made fun of or shunned because it's a problem it's makes all the difference in the world (laughs) i i completely agree with that i feel like 
you know, the person, whoever it is that's struggling, you know, if they're going up to someone who they feel like they can trust and rely on, you know, they're putting themselves out there just to be able to say like, hey, I need help. I'm struggling. And the last thing that they need is someone saying like, oh, how dare you? Like, why would you even do that? Like, you're a terrible person. They don't need that. They need no. someone saying like, okay, when did it start? And, they, and you may feel like, the, and the, if this is the individual who's listening, you may feel like you're being interrogated, but you're not. That's just the person you're confiding in is trying to understand how they can help. You know, they could be asking questions like, when did it start? What are your trigger times? How can I help you to fix this? Yeah. And I think that one of the biggest problems is that so many people want to go out this alone. They want to, they feel like this, if this is like a movie, one of those like solo movies, like where you have the hero, that's like the unsung hero throughout the whole thing. And he come, he emerges victorious at the very end. They feel like they have to do this on their own, which is just not the case. It's, it's the same thing as with people who fight mental health. You know, you have to have people in your corner who know of the situation that you can text and say like, Hey, it's happening. I'm being tempted or, Hey, something is going through my mind. I can't get it out. So um, people can just maybe even show up to your house and drag you out of your house. Even if it's, <laughs> even if you don't want to, that they can just drag you out of your house and just get you away from the scenario. So you don't fall into that trap again. Absolutely. It's absolutely key to be able to have, that person in the corner because even if you are strong enough to do it by yourself if you are that big old macho person that you 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 know they can just tackle any situation that doesn't mean it's going to be easy <laughs> if you have someone who is in your corner it is going to be that much easier already so why not take the help anyway and i think that's one of the reasons why like you know it was what comes to my mind and it's been coming to my mind a lot recently is um there is an actor in hollywood his name is terry cruz mm -hmm. and he has talked and he's been very open about this that he had an addiction to pornography and i watched an interview that he did i watched a couple interviews that he's done and in both interviews he mentioned how what viewing porn led to him having an affair on his wife to her leaving him and just, you know, it got to the point where she would go up to him. She's like, what do I not know about you, Terry Crews? Yeah. And it came out that he had been viewing porn and all this other stuff. And so she said, you know, we're done. Right. And at first he was like shocked. He was upset. He was offended, but he decided, okay, I got to stop. I got to change. That's what was important. And he checked himself into rehab and him and his wife, his wife took him back and they've been happily married for 28 years or more. And it's to me, that was such a real example to see that, you know, because Terry Crews is a very well-known actor. He's a he very is. well, he's even well-known in the NFL because he was a, a football player before he was an actor. Mm -hmm. But to see that he is just a real, just a simple human being who had this struggle that should give listeners who are listening to this hope that like if a big time celebrity can be open about this and can overcome it, then so can you. Absolutely. I just think that there's so many people that have such a 
struggle with it and I think a lot of times they don't understand why and you know interestingly enough too uh, there was someone that I knew I'd kind of even basically grown up with and he had some problems too and his after his wife had caught him she threw him out of the house (laughs) for having an addiction but the thing that was cool though is after he did recover she took him back as well and they've been happily married ever since they have kids and they have just had the best life ever since it's happened be just because the fact of the matter is is that he decided to not be selfish and um he went and got himself you know checked and he was able to kick his addiction as well and it's done wonders for them and their family because they're still a family and i think that's what that's the most important part is like to you as a listener who is listening to this i feel like I want to keep saying you as the listener because this is very personal to you, I know, as a listener. Pornography is real. It's out there. But at the same time, there is help. You know, there's so many nonprofit organizations that are out there to help you. One of which that I follow on a daily basis through social media platforms, and that is Fight the New Drug. Fight the New Drug, if you don't know who they are, they are the ones that have the slogan that porn kills love. You see all sorts of different t-shirts I'm sure people have seen around in society where it's, you know, they've had the red one that says porn kills love or the the sign language symbol for love. And it was fun. It was started by a group of college guys who all had problems with pornography at one point and they all realized we got to change. Like, this is not good. This is something that we got to fix. And so they have gone on to, to help thousands of people overcome these addictions so if you are struggling with pornography that is one resource that you can look into yeah there's plenty of resources out there um like he said there's a lot of um nonprofits that will do that type of stuff i i am also a very big fan of uh fight the new drug in fact terry cruz who you just mentioned has actually done some work with them and uh for those of you who have also seen the show, so has Josh Radner, who played Ted Mosby in uh, How I Met Your Mother. He has also done work with Fight the New Drug, and he's actually done quite a few things, and he's gone out and spoken against it. And I, I just think that it's always good when people have their platforms, especially nonprofits like this, that they can use this platform and you know, people like Terry Crews and Josh Radner to be able to use their influence to help further the uh, removal stigma from it as well all as well again it's it's a stigma it's definitely a stigma i feel like um it's something you know aaron you and i were we were talking the other night through social media and we were talking about how many people they they know it's a problem but they don't want to talk it like they don't want to talk about it they want to have the attitude like the hear no evil see no evil speak no evil (laughs) and but at the same time they know it's a problem but we're here to tell you that if you're having this problem, you can overcome it. Like you, you know, be excited, be invigorated. You know, it reminds me of if, if you, you know, this is a kind of a cheesy comparison, but like, if anything, make you picture yourself as captain America and you're going up against all these Hydra forces who are, <laughs> and the Hydra forces are, it's, it's the porn industry. It's the porn addiction. And the way you go about it is you fight against it you overcome your addiction. And then on top of that, you help others. 
Other resources that you can look into would be, there's an app that you can download on, download on the Apple store and also on the Google Play store and it's called Fortify. And on this app, you can you know, track the number of days you've gone with, well, without viewing porn. And if you're having a temptation, it does cost a little bit of extra money, but if you're having a temptation, you can send out an SOS to people who you have trusted and they can, they will all receive a text message saying that you are struggling, that you're about to view this stuff. And then they can immediately just contact and say, hey, what can I do to help you? Another great resource about that app is that it has inspirational quotes. Every time you log into this app, it has inspirational quotes. It's just an amazing app. There's some others that, you know, other great resources out there. The Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints has a great addiction, a great addiction recovery pro- program, I should say. I can't seem to get my words out of my mouth. But, and if you're not sure about that, on their YouTube page, if you type in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints YouTube page, they have a whole playlist dedicated to helping people overcome pornography and to help people overcome addiction. Yeah, they're, you're definitely not short on having um, resources as well. And I think one thing that's also very important, something that Carlos brought up early on, was um, when you start doing this kind of stuff and you start getting into recovery, it's very important to have something to kind of replace those habits. And uh, I think definitely coming up with a new hobby is absolutely just one of the greatest things to do. I absolutely love it. One of the things that I absolutely attached myself onto to just kind of not even just with porn, but like, you know, many other problems in life, I uh, would just go and learn guitar. That was, that was always my escape. I, I always, whenever I felt angry or depressed or, you know, if I had any sort of temptations, I would absolutely first calm myself down and make sure that I kind of got myself into the right headspace. Then the moment that I felt something kind of trickling back in, whatever it may be, I just went and I started learning a new piece. And I'll tell you, it's absolutely amazing to be able to just have that extra piece of replacing what was once there. And I think a lot of times it's just so sad because I think that's why it's so important for people to not just have resources, but be able to have something that can fulfill their time when they might not have those, those resources, they might not have the money to be able to pay for fortify or or something like that. But, you know, if you have a hobby that you can continually work on and learn from, you, you can use that to be able to absolutely fortify your defenses against it as well. Carlos, what are your thoughts on this? Well, um, First off, I want to say sorry for uh, being very quiet for a little bit. My mom brought me some fried shrimp, and so I've been warming <laughs> that stuff. up. Ooh, fried um, shrimp. Ooh. <laughs> but I just been listening in while doing that. And um, first off, the thing that came to my mind and has been sticking with my mind is um, for those of you who have been hurt by someone who has looked at pornography, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to feel anger, to feel just sadness, disappointment, whatever feelings you're feeling through. Go, go through it all. 
try to understand what is going on, make sense of it. And then those who have hurt others and been hurt by their own actions, understand that, yeah, the person that you hurt is hurting. Um, so whatever they need, um, give it to them. If, if they need space and if they need time, give it to them. If they need support and understanding, communicate and talk through it too. Um, but again, those who are grieving and feeling all that anger, nothing's going to come out of you just yelling. Express your anger, express the frustration, and let them know how you feel, but also talk because it's just not a process with, with just the person looking at the pornography as well. If you're hurting from it, it's a process for both of you. I completely so, just just think of that and then it's 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 a hard journey it's a hard thing to get through to get out of it but it's totally worth it in the end don't give up once you give up you lose and none of us i think came here to this world to be losers we came here to win so don't ever give up because once you give up, you give up on yourself. And that's that's the worst. There's a quote that I love. I've always loved it ever since he said it. It's, uh, it's from uh, an apostle of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. His name is Elder Holland. And if anybody knows who's listening knows about Elder Holland, they know he's a powerhouse when it comes to inspiring quotes and messages. But I came across this quote a long time ago, and I, came, and I just loved it. And it says, don't don't you give up. Don't you quit. You keep walking. You keep trying. There is help and happiness ahead. It will be all right in the end. Trust God and believe in good things to come. And I think that's one of the main purposes of this life is that we need to trust not only ourselves, but a higher being. You know, I am very active in my faith. My faith, it basically everything around me has to work around my faith. These two individuals that have been on this with me, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, you have, and especially when it comes to overcoming addictions, whether it be to pornography, to alcohol, whatever it may be, I feel strongly that you have to have some kind of religion or belief in a higher being in order to overcome this problem. Absolutely. I think that's 100% an idea that needs to be understood is that whatever you're going through, it should definitely be understood that even if you don't believe in a religion or a higher power, um, that there has to be a goal that is causing you to want to be able to quit. Uh, luckily for you know the, those of us that I feel like it's lucky anyway that um, having the knowledge of a higher power and a higher being, knowing that in life you are striving towards a goal to be able to enjoy um, and be able to partake in, you know, the blessings of that. It's a lot easier to be able to keep that focus as well.
but there should also uh, come at an understanding that you have a you have a certain obligation to live up to a standard. We have standards that we all need to live up to, and it's it's more than just what most people think. You know, a lot of people will just think that a standard is something very superficial, but the standard of choosing to be a chaste, pure person is not easy. Everyone goes through these types of temptations. I don't care if you're male or female, you're going to have some sort of um, temptation to the physical when it comes to, you know, this life. It's bred into us. It's absolutely part of us, but we have to be able to combat and go against what our natural urges are because if not we're not any better than anything we gotta stick to that standard i completely agree with that i feel like you know we've said enough in this to to realize to help people to understand that porn is real but it doesn't mean you have to be yeah you have to let it be in control of you So I'm going to give my final thoughts, but before I give my final thoughts, I'm going to give, I'm going to ask Carlos, then Aaron, and then myself, we'll all give our final thoughts in that order. And we'll just kind of leave you with messages of hope that if you're fighting this, or if you know someone that's fighting this, that you'll be able to feel inspired and encouraged by the end of this. So go ahead, Carlos. Um, I just want to say that just, don't let fear overtake you. Um, I know it can be scary sometimes when you have fallen that you're scared to talk to anybody about it or you're scared to um, bring it up to like a religious leader or family, friends or whatever. Don't be scared. Fear comes from, honestly, from, from the opposition. Fear allows you to just sit there and not move. And we need to constantly be moving and growing. Just think of it like a shark. A shark always has to be moving. It keeps swimming or it dies. So we need to keep moving or we're never going to grow. So you can't just let fear um, overcome you, especially when you're wanting to quit. Um, just hold. That's the thing. Nobody else should be holding you to a higher standard. It's you against you. So always hold yourself to whatever standard you feel like you need to. And just know that you are better than what you think you are doing. Just keep pushing yourself. Keep being better. Don't give up. And don't shut people out of your lives, especially if you feel like you're lost in this. There are other people that are willing to help you out. And then two, to the other people who don't seem to have a problem with this, don't shut them out. Always be open to them. Speak openly about it. And because it's, it's a problem. And the thing is, if we ignore things, problems sometimes just don't go away. They just get swept under the rug. And that's really not dealing with the problem. So deal with the problem, figure it out, and help people. I love that. Go ahead, Aaron. I think uh, in lieu of everything that has been said tonight I don't feel like that I can really add much more than has already been said 
I do want to maybe put something into perspective, I guess, for everyone in this particular sense. And that's imagine for those of us, for those of you who are struggling with this problem, we all know that we, you know, you'll, you'll do a schedule to get around it, to be able to access it. You'll know those times where it's going to be the most impossible to resist everything like that. And sometimes it will take you a very long time when you're in the throes of your addiction. Now, imagine, for example, that instead of you having that addiction and that time that is spent on it, imagine what you could be doing for other people and yourself. And if you have dreams that you're trying to chase, imagine all the time that you could be putting into your dream and achieving your goals rather than being attached to the pornography addiction. And I, I think a lot of it, kind of like a garden, and I think about how, imagine if you had the most beautiful garden in the world, but you decide not to tend to it because you are choosing to spend your time looking at pornography. Then after so much neglect, you will end up losing that garden. And then you will not be able, you know, it'll take a long time to be able to get that garden to be able to be back into that form that you wanted it to be. And I just think that one of the things that is really so sad about it is the time that is wasted on it. Like I said, I, I picked up the guitar. It's something that really helped me out. And I'm not saying it to boast or anything like that, but like, or even be like, oh, I can do this. But because of the fact that I started using the time to practice rather than look at, uh, you know, pornography or whatever, I've been able to mm, learn how to play some of my favorite songs ever. And that's so much more satisfying. It's so much more fulfilling. So imagine your goal in life. You are going to be able to achieve it so much easier without that on your back. Now, to say one last thing that, like I said, there is always a way out. There is always a possibility that you are able to throw this off and be able to have a normal, happy, healthy life. And I believe that. I think anybody can kick it. It's all dependent on you. And I just feel like that once you start deciding that that's what you want to do is start getting out of this addiction, you will find an absolutely new person for yourself to live with. And that's you. Love that. So in my final thoughts about this, pornography is real. And like Aaron and Carlos, I don't feel like I can add too much that hasn't already been said because this has been a great conversation. But the one thing I do want to add is that if you are struggling And if you've tried combating this with, whether it be with yourself or with the help of others, whether it be nonprofit or church leaders or even people in the community, there is professional help you can get. One of the people that I meant to mention already, who is a counselor who helps people overcome this, her name is Sarah Brewer, and she is an addiction therapist. And if you want to find out more information about her, 
go to sarahbrewer.com. She also has a podcast that she just actually put on iOS. So the Apple podcast, she is an amazing person who I mentioned earlier when I asked her and a conversation I had with her that is it possible to find, is it possible to go throughout Instagram without finding pornography? She's the one that said, no, it's not. She is licensed. She knows what she's doing. She's very caring. And my message to you as a listener is to not give up, to push forward. And if it needs be, cancel subscriptions to whether it be to Netflix, to Hulu, whatever it be that you need to change, make the change. But most importantly, as Carlos mentioned, don't shut yourself out. Don't be hard on yourself and have hope. Hope is still alive in your inside of you. If you, the reason I know that is because you're listening to this podcast, you're, you're seeking for answers, you're seeking for help. And I hope, and I pray that if you are struggling, that you will find it in yourself, as I mentioned earlier, to be that Captain America and fight this, fight this problem that has become such an epidemic in our society and be one of the many who can say, I overcame this, not just for someone else, but for me. I always end with this. I've ended my last two podcasts with this and I'll end it with it again. And that is, do not live in the past, but instead live for the present and the future. This is a motto that I have lived by for years now. And I know that both of these two guests would both agree with this motto. If you are struggling, this message is for you. You are worth it. You are the best of the best. And I wish you nothing but success. And I thank you for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already, I hope that you you would subscribe to this podcast as we continue on this journey to helping you to be a better individual in society. Thank you.